You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, episode number 69. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast. Business advice so easy, you'll feel like you're cheating. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hey there, Amy Porterfield here, and welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Thanks so much for tuning in. So today, my son, Cade, and my husband, Hobie, are at laser tag. I have sent the boys out of the house, and the dog, Gus, is at my mom's house because in the summertime, it feels like I have a million distractions. And to be quite honest, when my husband's home from the fire station, he's home like a whole 24 hours. So when he's home, he thinks everybody has a day off. And so he wants to play and have fun and go do stuff. And in the summertime, I really want to go do stuff with everybody. But hey, I've got some work to do. We're batching the podcast right now. We're doing tons of great interviews. And I've been working on new content for the webinar program. It is a busy summer. So of course, I've built in some time to spend with the family. But My husband likes it to be whenever he wants it to be, which is very tempting because I love to go out and do stuff with the boys, but I don't love laser tag, to be quite honest. So I thought, let's go send them to do something I don't particularly love to do. And that way I'll enjoy doing the work I have in front of me a whole lot more, knowing I'm not running around some sweaty room with a, with some really big light on my chest because someone just hit me with a gun. I don't love that stuff. I'm not even sure if that's how it works. It's in my head. I think it's like I have a target on me and someone's going to hit me and that just freaks me out. So I'm going to skip the laser tag today and I'm going to be here with you while we do a really cool interview. So today's interview is with my good friend and I could say good friend because I really mean it. I always hate when people say that when they hardly know me when they're introducing me, but this is true. Darren Rouse I consider him a great friend for many years now. I was first introduced to him way back when, when I was doing some work with Mike Stelzner, social media examiner. And so I was introduced. I was so, so nervous. I remember it like it was yesterday. We were at a blog world event in Vegas. And when I got to meet him, I asked him for a picture right away because I'm such a fan. And I didn't realize he was just so soft spoken and he's kind of like a shy guy but he's got this amazing confidence about him. So he's one of my very favorite people, especially out there in the online marketing world. And I was just so thrilled when he said yes, when I asked him to be on the show. So of course we're talking about blogging, because if you know Darren Rouse, you know he is the founder of ProBlogger. And if you've been blogging for a short time or a really long time, there is no way that you haven't at least stumbled upon ProBlogger And if you're like me, you visited the site many, many times. It is a wealth of knowledge over there. So I always say it's like the encyclopedia of tips and tutorials and case studies all related to blogging. And my favorite part, monetizing your blog. That doesn't necessarily mean selling directly on your blog, but ways to use your blog to build your business. So Darren truly was one of the first people to recognize the potential of blogging as a way to generate income. And he's remained a leading authority on how to gain traffic, convert leads, and build community one blog post at a time. So in addition to being the founder of several highly profitable blogs in a variety of sectors, photography being a big one, Darren's a speaker, he's a consultant, and most recently, which we'll talk about right at the beginning of the interview, 
a brand spanking new podcaster. He just launched his very own show called the Pro Blogger Podcast, and his first round of episodes are taken from his book, 31 Days to Build a Better Blog. Excellent. The show's a really great mix of inspiration and encouragement and actionable advice and a lot of good strategy. The show or the episodes tend to be really short, which I love. I wish I could do that. I just can't. But it is a fantastic podcast and I want you to check it out. Now, before we go any further, I also want to tell you about the freebie for this episode because it's a really cool one. But I know I say that every time because we put a lot of thought into what the freebie is going to be for each episode. So let me tell you about today's. So the Pro Blogger website is one of my favorites, but if you've ever been on the site, it's a little overwhelming because there are so many great articles. Like you want to read this one, but what about that one? And what about this? And you don't have a lot of time, at least I don't. And so I always wish someone would curate the best of the best for me. So a big part of making the most of Pro Blogger is knowing what articles are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. And I've been talking a lot about building a sales funnel, building your email list, selling more online. So what I've done for your freebie is I've created a cheat sheet. It's a PDF cheat sheet you can download instantly, and it's called How to Boost Your Blog's Business Potential, Pro Blogger's Top 10 Tips to Growing Your Email List and Selling More Online. And I found the 10 best blog posts on that blog, and there were a lot to go through, but the 10 best blogs. And I actually wrote a little commentary about why each blog is so important for your business, why you should read each blog post and what's most important in that blog post so that you can get the most out of ProBlogger and start growing your email list and making more money with every single blog post you write. It is a really, really cool download. To get your hands on it, all you need to do is go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 69 download, or you can text the phrase 69 download to the number 33444. So that's how you get your hands on it. It's really valuable. And if you're focused on building your email list and making more money online, this is the freebie you've got to get. All right, so I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and jump in. Darren, thanks so much for being on the show today. I truly appreciate it. No problem, Amy. It's great to talk to you. You too. And I've been looking forward to this because blogging is a big topic for my audience. But before we get there, first, I need to congratulate you for joining the podcast world. How's it going out there? Good. It's uh, it's only taken me three years to get around to it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you're there and you have the, one of the best voices that I absolutely love to listen to. So when I heard that you're doing a podcast, First of all, I was just excited to hear that Aussie accent every single day, but also this is right now a daily show. So tell me just a little bit about the podcast and how you're feeling about it. Yeah, so it's it has been a long time coming and I've had a lot of nagging about it from um, all kinds of people, some of whom you know quite well, yeah. but uh, it's it's been um, a real learning journey for me because I didn't have any technological background or or skills, so it's it's taken a bit of a um, a learning curve. Um, but I've really enjoyed it. It started off with thirty one days to build a better blog, which is um, an ebook that I created a few years ago, which sold really well. And so I've, I've kind of repurposed that and put each day's teaching and tasks into uh, a podcast episode, all under twenty minutes. So it's been a lot of work, but it's 
getting really good feedback, which uh, I'm loving. Oh yeah, you're at the top of the charts all the time on iTunes and that's exciting to see. And I just had John Dumas on the show and we were talking about podcasting, of course, and he was saying that you can repurpose some of your best content and that could be an outstanding podcast. And that's pretty much exactly how you've started your podcast. Obviously, you're going to be adding to it, but you completely repurposed and talked about this content in different ways on the podcast, right? Yeah, I I see a lot of podcasters using their blog posts as the basis for podcasts, but I I guess I'm really going the other way um, in that I'm sort of using podcasts and then I'm going to turn them into blog posts as well. So I think you can swing either way and then you can also use other other things that you've created like ebooks. I agree. So the moral of the story to me is you do not need to reinvent the wheel. There's always new ways to repurpose the content you've got and then repurpose it again in different ways. So podcasting, blog posts, videos, all that good stuff from just one piece of content is always a smart way to go, especially when it's good content. So I'm excited for your podcast. I'm telling everybody to listen to it. So congratulations for launching. I know that's a really big accomplishment. So, and it's going so well. So congrats to you. Thanks, Amy. So today we are talking about blogging, of course, and this is a hot topic for my audience. And the first thing that comes to mind for many people listening when we talk about blogging is writing. And to be honest, most of us would say that at times writing can be completely consuming. And I love this quote from ProBlogger. It's pretty easy to get to a stage where your blog is running you instead of you running your blog. I think that we have definitely all been there. So here's my first question for you. For people who are mainly wanting to use their blog as part of a sales funnel, you know, growing their list and building their authority and getting their name out there and creating consistent content to eventually sell more online, what are some fundamentals of a successful blog, things that can guide them in the writing process so that they don't have all this overwhelm, but they're really accomplishing those goals of their sales funnel? Yeah, sure. So look, all kinds of stuff comes to mind. But um, one of the the things I think blogs are great for is helping people to know, like, and trust you. I don't know who ever came out with that no like, trust quote. It's been used all over the places. But for me, a blog is really great at, one, getting your name out there and, and helping people to know you, um, but then taking them to the next level. And what I've discovered over the years is that when I go to a conference, people come up to me and hug me and say, I love you. And, and it's like, <laughs> why? Like, I have no idea who you are. But it's this this regular contact, the person, personal aspect of blogging that really helps people to like you and then over time come to trust you. So I guess what I would encourage people to do is to think about creating content that does each of those three things. And I think there's different types of content that helps people to know you. So um, for me on my digital photography school site, um, it's thinking about what kind of content are people going to share that's going to be the first point of contact that people would have with with, um, us uh, as a result of a friend sharing it. And so Humorous content helps you to be known. It gets, you know, shared a lot, but it doesn't really help people to like you so much. It doesn't take people to the next level. For for us, infographics are, are great. So we share a lot of infographics, which get shared a lot, which are often the first point of contact for a new reader on our site. But then around the infographics, we are um, linking to content that's going to help people to go to the next level of liking us. And so related 
links that you could read that, that begin to build that like, that trust. So that knowing type content is, is great, but you wouldn't want to just create infographics on your blog or humorous posts on your blog. You want to also have that next level of content. And so for us, creating content that helps people to like you is um, sharing stories, um, more personal contact um, content, so using video or podcasts or webinars or Periscope or something that shows people your face, your that helps them to hear your voice, um, inspirational content, um, anything that helps them to um, get motivated, I, I find helps people to, to feel like they like you and a more personal connection. Any kind of content that helps people to feel something um, or feel like they belong. So I guess you're wanting to create content that makes people feel something towards you. And, and probably the best way to do that is to change their life in some way. And so for most of my content on my blogs, I'm very much about trying to bring about a change in people's life. I'm trying to take them from not knowing something to knowing something or not having a skill to having a skill. And I think if you can do that, that's, that's definitely where the light comes in. But now you're starting to build trust with people because they see that you know what you're talking about. What you've said is actually changing their life. And if you change someone's life, they're coming back again tomorrow and they're bringing <laughs> yep. their friends. So, so true. Yeah, any kind of how-to, any kind of ultimate guide to anything where you show what you know in some way, whether it be a case study or an ultimate guide or even you sharing what mistake you made and what you now know, those kind of pieces of content will take people from liking you to trusting you. And then you're in a great position to be able to sell to them or promote to them or bring about some other change um, in their life or call them to some sort of other action. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the idea of the content. What can we write about and what can we write about in a way that allows us to start building up our sales funnel? And, and it comes back to the no like, and trust factor, which I think is so very important. And a lot of people get stuck on what to write about. So I think that we've already kind of tackled that question, but I'm going to come back to it in a little bit because I want to dig a little bit deeper. But before we get there, I want to ask you about this whole SWOT approach. Many people have heard it, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, but you go a step further and you say that people can turn their weaknesses into strengths and their threats into opportunities. But you've got to give me some examples because I'm not sure I totally get it. Yeah, sure. So when I started ProBlogger in 2004, I'd only been blogging for two years. I'd only been making money for less than a year, although it had got to a point where it was almost full time. So I, I kind of knew what I was talking about, but I was very relatively inexperienced and I had a heap of gaps in my knowledge. Like I am not a very technical person. I'd never set up a blog apart from the first one on Blogger. So I'd never set up a WordPress blog to that point. I, I just didn't have those sorts of skills. And in some ways, I was really fearful of people calling me out and saying, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, this is a weakness. This is a potential threat that could kill my blog. So what I decided to do is to actually use that as a positioning kind of tool and to be really upfront and say, I don't really know this side of blogging yet. I've got to this point where I'm making a living from it. And I actually use that weakness right up front, very transparent about it. In many posts, I said, this is something I don't completely understand that I get help with. And that made me so much more relatable. Um, it, it 
it was kind of like the anti-guru who still knew what he was talking about. I, I don't quite know how to describe what happened, but people really related to that because most people don't know what they're talking about. No, most people have never set up a blog before. Most people are not um, developers. So to actually position myself as someone who was on the journey, maybe a few steps ahead of you, but I still haven't got it all together, really resonated well with my audience. And the same thing with my photography blog. I'm not a professional photographer. Um, I've never claimed to be. I'm I'm a step ahead of a beginner, maybe a few steps ahead of a beginner. And so that blog, when I launched it, tackled topics that I knew about, like how to hold a camera, what is aperture, what is shutter speed. It wasn't about how to shoot a wedding. Um, it was <laughs> it was not a professional kind of thing. And so I, again, was really upfront about it. I'm on the same journey that you are. I'm a few steps ahead. Here's what I've learned. And actually being really upfront about your weaknesses it actually became a strength of the site because this guy's not talking to us in a highfalutin kind of voice. He's not, he's not pretending, he's not an expert looking down on us. He's someone who's helping us up on the, on the journey. And so there's those types of, I guess, opportunities in the weaknesses that you might feel that you have if you're, if you're able to use them as positioning statements. I love that. And it makes you so relatable, which is really why so many people love you, Darren, so much. You come across as just somebody's really good friend. You never make people feel less than or like you know it all and they don't. There's never been a moment I've been around you that's been like that. And that's what people need, especially when they're just getting started and they're trying to learn something and feeling feeling vulnerable about it. So I, I really hope that everyone that's listening now really hears what Darren was saying, because I remember when I was just starting my business, when I was leaving Tony Robbins, I remember thinking, I am not truly an expert in social media. I mean, who is, especially back then, five, six years ago. And I felt really, really less than because of it, but I was so wanting to create my own thing. And I knew I had something to share. So sharing what you know and being honest about, hey, I'm not exactly positive about this, but I've done this and it really works for me. And here's how I've done it. That how to you mentioned. And when we were first talking, people love that. If you can share what you know and be honest about what you don't know makes you so relatable. So I think that's exactly what you're saying there. Yeah, for sure. And and if you look around most niches, most people are presenting as experts. So yes. this is just a really great way to differentiate yourself. Such a great point. It's humbling in a way that's so inviting to other people. So I love that. Okay, then talk to me about these threats, the threats part. Yeah, I guess I'd probably say it's kind of similar in in lots of ways. The threat I I felt was that people would call me out and and that, oh, okay. um, there was that gap there. But I guess also in terms of some of the opportunities that you might have around you, I think there's heaps of opportunity all the time to particularly with new mediums. So right now for instance, Periscope seems to be I don't know, everyone seems to be jumping on the Periscope yep. at the moment. I think there's a there's an opportunity there. Um that some bloggers should take. In fact, there's a couple of bloggers in Australia who are really jumping onto Periscope at the moment, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he's he's now in the top ten Periscopers of the in the world. Wow. I've never heard of him before. He's a travel blogger, and I'm like, that's brilliant, that's great. And I've seen this over the years. You know, people who jump onto these mediums and they happen to jump onto the right one, they they propel themselves, and it has an impact upon their other social media as well. So I think. Always be watching out for the new mediums. Watch out for new trends in your your niche. So there's a guy called Steve Huff. 
Uh, he's got a blog called Steve Huff Photo, and he used to blog about Leica cameras, which are really expensive cameras that no one can really afford to buy. <laughs> but he kind of noticed this trend emerging in the photography space that people were starting to move away from digital SLRs to smaller compact system cameras. They've still got interchangeable lenses, but they're much smaller. They don't have a mirror inside of them. And a lot of people were laughing at these cameras and saying, oh, they're just not, not as good a quality. But he, he realized that the manufacturers were putting a lot of time and energy into building them. And so he started a category on his blog to kind of look at this particular trend. Now, these cameras are, they're getting to the point where I think they're going to take over from digital SLRs. And really? he's the go-to person on, on this topic. And so, you know, he's been flown around the world to every launch of new cameras and all kinds of stuff. So um, if you just keep an eye on those new trends, and it doesn't have to be starting a whole blog on it. It could just be a category. But that could become your thing. So, yeah, there's heaps of opportunities always emerging with new technologies and new developments in, in different niches. And I guess the other thing I'd say about opportunities and, and turning opportunities into to great things is to just watch what's giving you energy but also what's giving other people energy. And so I'm a prolific experimenter. I'm always tweeting things that I'm interested in and I'm always watching to see what happens when those things go out there and, and what comes back to me. If I notice something that I say gets a whole heap of reaction, that's where I start to create a blog post on that. And if that blog post gets a whole heap of attention, that's when I start thinking this could be a category for my blog or this could be an ebook. So what energy do you get back from the experiments that you do? That's how I actually started 31 Days to Build a Better Blog. I just put this idea out there and overnight I had a whole heap of people say, I want to do that. So I did a blog post series on it that then turned into an ebook that's now a podcast. So you've just got to watch what people react to. I love that. What's giving you energy and where people are getting energy from what you're putting out there as well. Really paying attention to that. And I think it also comes down to, you know, being your own person and finding that confidence, even though we don't always have it, but finding that confidence to say, no, this is something that interests me. I know other people are finding it interesting. Maybe not thousands and thousands of people yet, but there's something here and having that confidence to forge forward, let's say as just a category on your blog right now, instead of saying, well, no one big is really talking about it yet. So I should follow the trends instead. And so having that confidence, I think would be something that could really, really come out to be a fantastic thing. Like this guy on Periscope, who knew that it was going to take off like that? That's all I've been hearing about lately. Have you jumped on Periscope yet? Yeah, I did um, probably five or six of them over four or five days. And I actually delivered a keynote on it the other day. Really? So I took, one, took one of my keynotes and and it, I shortened it into 15 minutes. And I just talked at the camera. I didn't actually respond to people for that 15 minutes. And it went over so well. Okay, help um, me understand real fast because I am always a late bloomer here. So is it a, it's live video? Is that right? Uh, yep. Yep. And is there a much. time limit? No, like it's, it's, it's kind of like a hangout, but it's on your phone. So you just say, I'm on now and it tweets out that you're on and anyone who's following you gets a notification if they've got their notifications on and people just appear. <laughs> like it's, it's the most so bizarre, bizarre. And The first time I did it, I, I, I didn't even know I was going live. I hit the oh button gosh, by mistake my and nightmare. live and a hundred <laughs> people were there and I'm like, okay, let's do a and a So um, yeah, it's great. It's very interactive and it's it's kind of like Ustream or a Hangout. And do you see them? Obviously, I need to get on it and experiment. But are you seeing them? 
No, you're seeing their comments, and they if they tap the screen, you see a love heart. So gotcha. Kind of, okay, you know, it feels nice because that could and get a little confusing if they're jumping on and you're seeing them and you're seeing yourself and all that crazy stuff. And then what you've created stays on there for 24 hours, I think, as a replay. So and then it's gone. Watching, then it's gone. You can save it to your camera um, straight away, which is good, but you don't get the comments saved to your camera, so you just get the video itself. So you can use that again in some other form. Um, but it's so kind of cool. Interesting. Okay. I'm obviously going to have to do it. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to be the person that discovers a new social media site. Like I never know if something's going to do well or not. Maybe one of my weaknesses, but this one I've been hearing about way too much that I'm just going to have to experiment for you sure. Give it a go. Yeah. I do. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about something else related to blogging. And that is titles, because this is always something that I don't care if you've written about it a million times on your blog, it's always going to be a hot topic. And by titles, I mean the titles of blog posts. And um, there's something that was said on ProBlogger that I love. Um, Many bloggers pour a lot of effort into writing, engaging, and interesting posts, but then just slap any old title onto it without realizing that in doing so, they might be ensuring that their post is never read. And so very true and put so perfectly, but I was doing my research and I was looking at some of the blog posts on ProBlogger and there were so many works of art. And I know that there's a lot of people that contribute, but I've got to tell you three of my favorites, of course, one with Facebook, nine Facebook marketing tactics that will triple your fans. I mean, just so perfectly put. Another one, three reasons no one comes back to your blog and how to fix it. And then another great one, a systematic approach to writing successful blog posts. They're all just so perfectly put together. They're short. They build curiosity. So here's my question for you. What are some headline tips for being original enough to build up that curiosity, but not confusing or off-putting at all? Yeah. So there's lots of different approaches and, and you know, you've pretty much nailed it. The title of your post changes the destiny of your your post in in many ways that sounds dramatic but it's it can be the so true between someone reading it and sharing it and it's just sitting in your archives and never being read again so you know people making decisions on on the title which is kind of sad in some ways but you do need to pay attention look there's a whole heap of things that you can use and i wouldn't say use all of these in every headline but some of them are communicating a benefit and this is probably the one that I use the most if there's a benefit in the title you're giving someone a reason to read it so you know on our photography site how to take sharp images would be a good example of it and that post goes crazy it's not the sexiest title in the world but sharp images is something that photographers want so there's a benefit there Um, asking a question can be good Um, and it can be good for SEO as well because a lot of what people are typing into Google are questions so Quite a lot of our posts are either at the actual question itself or the answer to the question. So an example of that might be what what the numbers on your lens mean. So again, not the sexiest post, but it actually did really well for us because um, it is being found in Google for that for that particular thing. Another one is creating curiosity or tr- intrigue. Now, you, you need to be a bit careful with this one because um, there's so much clickbait going around that I think people are starting to react against this you you won't believe what happens sort of yep. title so you you want to be a bit careful with that but you can still do things like so on our photography site three lenses every photographer should own 
that makes me wonder, what are those three lenses? Do I have those three lenses? So um, again, it's not the most hyped up one, but it works. Controversy or debate could be used. You want to be a bit careful there because you're going to create some discussion. So we know that if we do Nikon, Nikon versus Canon, we're going to create a, a debate, but it does get people to, to click through. Um, I think being personal in your, your headlines can work too. So um, instead of just writing something like 10, mis 10 mistakes bloggers make, say, are you making these blogging mistakes? So adding the word you into oh, your title okay. actually really personalizes it. It makes people think about them rather than just you writing about some abstract title. Um, and I actually find this works on Facebook as well when I ask questions in the what do you do rather than what have you seen other bloggers do. I like that, it. That you word really works quite well. And using the word I as well can work too. So or my or me, like the things that I've discovered um, or this is what I did, that, that sometimes um, can work too. There's a whole heap of power words as well. Um, so like words like free or aspirational words like stunning or discover or secrets. Um, we find the word mistakes works really well in a lot of our articles. So anything about mistakes that people make, words like easy or step-by-step, um, those sort of words that trigger something. And over time, the more you write titles, the more you'll begin to discover that there are patterns. And so quite often I'll go sit in Google Analytics and just scan through the posts that have done well over the last month and just jot down the words that I see in more than one, one title. You know, that's where I discovered that step-by-step -step works really well on our blog and so does um, mistakes or bad habits. Those type of words um, are trigger words for us. Yeah, I think the, the last one I'll say is big claims or promises. So one of our best ever um, posts was 21 techniques all new camera owners should know. It's mm, kind of a, that's a good one. curiosity one, but it also makes a big claim that you you should know these things and, um, and that's worked quite well too. Okay, that's good. Now, have you ever made a correlation between the titles of a blog post and the subject lines of an email? Do you think that the principles there and the tips and tricks are really different or do you think they can translate pretty well? I think a lot of it can translate well um, and the same into tweets um, or, you know, Facebook updates. I think there's, there's certainly some things that work well there. Probably in, a, in an email headline, you, I think you need to be really careful about words that might trigger spam filters and yeah. that kind of stuff as well, which you can probably get away with in blog posts a little bit more. Um, anything um, and on Facebook I've noticed as well anything that mentions deal or you know anything that's slightly sales related just exactly dies so and the same is true in an email true you got to be careful of that now we're talking about titles and you've just given a lot of great tips so I want to just let everybody know that one of the articles we've curated for your how to boost your blog's business potential pro bloggers top 10 tips for growing your email list and selling more online one of the blog posts we curated for that special freebie for you is all about the titles of your blog. And um, there's so many great articles about it, but we found one that you can't live without. So that will be in the freebie at amyporterfield.com forward slash 69 download. So you can get your hands on that. Okay. So we've talked about titles and we've talked about content. Let's talk about how people are going to find your blog because one recent article on ProBlogger was about the fact that 
you don't have to only rely on Google searches to be found. So what are some of your favorite ways to reach out to the world with your blog without having to rely on Google search? Yeah, look, again, there's heaps of different things. and, and Heaps is me, my favorite word you say. Yeah. It's so adorable. <laughs> I might have to start using it. Okay, so there's heaps of ways, but tell me a few. <laughs> um, I, I think probably the ultimate question you need to ask is where are my potential readers hanging out? And so it's going to be different for every every blogger. Um, so, you know, one, you need to know who you're trying to reach and then wh- where are they hanging out? And so different social media networks seem to attract different people. So that that might be one place. Um, you know, Periscope might be a place that, you know, there's lots of early, early adapters, innovators um, that are there. I still like guest posting. I think it's it's kind of gone out of fashion a little bit because Google changed, you know, how they rank posts. So it's not so great for SEO, but I think it's just brilliant for getting your name out there to the right people if you I appear on, on, on the right blog. So please don't give up on on that. You just need to select the right blog. And, and I think also doing going to events and um an in-person contact seems to work really well. Uh, it's hard to get a speaking gig, but you can be an attendee and be a participant and, um, and you know, be on a hashtag for an event, that type of thing um, tends to work quite well. I'm a big believer, though, in just one by one, adding readers one by one. I don't think you need to be attracting thousands of readers every day to your blog. You, you really be looking for those opportunities to bring in a new reader on because that new reader has uh, their whole a whole network as well and so just you know watching on twitter for people using keywords and responding to them being helpful in forums um, joining facebook groups that are on your particular topic and and being helpful i think for me it's really about how do i build a presence in these places that my potential readers are and and how do i be useful in those places we actually have had a few of the challenges in our podcast over the last few days on, you know, on this very thing on how to join a forum and, and how to join a social media group and be helpful and, and um, use that to, to build your profile. Okay. So you just reminded me of something. I haven't really done a whole podcast episode about it yet because we're still experimenting with this, but there's this whole trend going on right now, especially with Facebook ads about amplifying your content. And have you heard people talk about, Digital Marketer talks about this a lot, about driving Facebook ads directly to specific blog posts. Have you experimented with that yet? Yeah, I have a little bit. Um, not We don't do a heap of advertising, but I've certainly been, um, if I notice something's going really well on Facebook particularly, um, I'm driving even more to it um, with, with ads. Um, that's worked very well for us. I agree. I think it's, yeah. you know, a lot of times in many of my teachings, I teach about, you know, running Facebook ads to an opt-in page and getting that, that lead, but it's a lot cheaper and adding value first, especially free value with no opt-in. There's something to be said about that and using free content on your blog to get people to know, like, and trust you and finding more people that are your target audience with Facebook ads to go to your blog. I'm telling you, there's so many great, great opportunities there that I think we're going to see more and more of it. So I'm glad you're experimenting with it a little bit, but I do think it's very valuable. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, who knows how long it'll last. I know. That's why, yeah, kind of kills me in that sense where the trend might change or Facebook might not make it as cheap as it is right now to drive 
Facebook ads to a blog post. It's usually a lot cheaper than driving to an opt-in page, but we'll see. I'm doing some experimenting and I'll definitely report back, but I just wanted to ask you about that. Okay. So one big question that comes up a lot is that should you be selling directly in your blog? You know, you talk a lot about monetizing your blog and there's so many great articles and we've curated a few for our free giveaway, but what's your take on selling directly in a blog? And would you suggest that over, let's say using a blog and then inviting people to opt into something free from there? Yeah, I don't tend to do a heap of selling in the blog itself. I use the blog I guess, to generate leads for the email list, which is where I find most of our sales come from. I think we did a test, it was last year on an ebook launch that we did on digital photography school and something like 94% of our sales came from our emails, even though we posted about it on the blog two or three times and we did heaps of tweets and We had it on our Facebook page a few times and even paid for advertising. So, you know, email. Email. (laughs) I mean, it's it's, where it's at, right? Yeah, it is. And I think all the rest of what we did, so what we're using now in our blog posts are not direct selling. So if we launch an ebook with um, someone, we would interview them on the blog and the blog post would be an interview which mentions the ebook. Um, We would feature a guest post from them or multiple. So over two or three weeks of our launch, when they're getting all these emails about the product, they're also seeing all this content, which is not hard selling them, but it builds the credibility of that offer, showcases their work in in different ways, shows that they've got some expertise and also builds some aspiration in our, our readers. So we might do an image collection that shows the type of photos that you could take if you had that type of knowledge. And so we're creating content on the blog that we're then able to use in the emails to say, you know, as we covered this week in this post, um, this ebook, you know, takes you to the next level and able to do the selling in, in, in the email. So I don't tend to do a whole heap of giveaways. We have never really gone there and I don't really know why because <laughs> I know they work for other people, but we find just putting as much great content into the blog itself and then, calling people to subscribe seems to be working pretty well for us. You know, you make a great point though. I think that email marketing is definitely where it's at and it's something that I talk about a lot and it truly is where the bulk of my sales come from as well. But if we didn't podcast or blog or have our video sites or whatever, that extra content, I really don't think that our emails would sell the way that they do. So it's, there's not just one strategy that works and you can ignore all the rest. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do it all. I always say that because I think my audience is so overwhelmed with, wait, is it Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Periscope or should I be emailing or video or whatever? So we don't have to do it all all the time. But I do believe and why I wanted you on the show today is that with everything, you always have to have that platform, that main place where you can come home to and say, this is mine. This is where I create. And to me, it's it's the blog usually, and it could be a podcast or something else. But that always complements when you start growing your email list, having that consistent content, I think is so crucial. You would agree, right? Yeah, for sure. And and the blog, the podcast, whatever it is that you're doing is is creating a foundation to be able to sell on. And, and you know, as people often use the analogy, it's putting money in the bank so that you can then make a withdrawal later yes. um, with, with people. And, and it, you know, look, it doesn't work for everyone. You know, some people 
the men, the moment you start to sell to them, they're out. Um, and that's just who they are. But most people, I think, um, appreciate, you know, lots of free, good content that yeah. helps them and, and they're willing to buy um, based upon that. I do. And I think that a lot of people open up my emails because they know I've given such great, valuable, free content in so many different other ways that I have this relationship with them. And I don't think I'd have that relationship if I didn't work so hard on my free content on my blog and my podcast. So I really do think the two go hand in hand. You are a perfect example of that. So I'm really glad that you shared that connection of selling online through emails, but also you've got this platform. So I think it's a good lesson to remember that you truly do need both. So Darren, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I think this is a perfect place to kind of wrap it up, but I want you to tell people one more time, the name of your brand new podcast is Pro Blogger. <laughs> so simple. And I thought maybe you had a um, a subtitle, but I don't think yeah, you do. No, so let's just pro let's make it super easy. Like podcast, yeah. <laughs> so Pro Blogger and people can find out more about or read all of your blogs at problogger.net, correct? And we've, we've just set up problogger.com more as a portal um, these days. So you can find the podcast off that and, and the blog will be moving over onto that oh, uh, cool. domain as well. So it's becoming the, the home of all things problogger. Perfect. Okay. So problogger.com is really the place to go. That's right. And you can find everything from there, the job boards and the ebooks and all of, all, all of the different things that we've got going on. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your blogging knowledge with us. And your podcast is just outstanding. Everybody needs to go take a listen. And I'm just so glad that we've gotten to connect and I've gotten to call you a friend for so many years. So Darren, thanks again. Thanks, Amy. Appreciate it. Take care. So there you have it. Do you love Darren as much as I do? I just love how soft-spoken he is, but confident and really knowledgeable in all things blogging. I'm just such a huge fan, and I hope if you didn't know Darren before, you become a huge fan because the guy's got a lot of great content to share, especially when it comes to building a better blog. So don't forget the great, great, great PDF, the awesome giveaway for this podcast episode is called How to Boost Your Blog's Business Potential. Pro Blogger's Top 10 Tips to Growing Your Email List and Selling More Online. So to get your hands on the free PDF cheat sheet for today, just go to amyporterfield.com forward slash 69 download, or you can text the phrase 69 download to the number 33444. So thanks so much for being here with me today. I don't take it lightly. I know you have a lot of choices out there. And the fact that you chose my episode today means the world to me. So. Thanks again, and I can't wait to see you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com. 